This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And welcome to Paranormal Roundtable, PRT for short. I'm your host, Josh Turner. They call me Wolf. You can call me whatever you want. Just don't call me late for dinner. Uh, yeah, that's an old joke, but it still stands, folks. And, and, and you didn't you didn't think that uh, I'd be showing up at your house for dinner, but I might. I just might because I'm that crazy. Uh, so anyway, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here uh, in my studio recording, and I I have a guest obviously, and I'm going to introduce her in a minute here. But first, I need to give you my email address. It's prtpodcast.com. That's the website. And Josh Turner at prtpodcast.com. That's how you can get a hold of me. Or you can hit me up on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. It's Josh Turner 940 I'm also on Twitter. I'm not real active on there, but I'm being encouraged to be more active, so I guess I will. Uh, and you can follow me on all these um, different groups I'm in. I'm in a par- I'm in Paranormal Roundtable group. That's our main group. And uh, that's my group. And then Nellie's group is uh, Paranormal Lounge. That's my wife's group. And then Tony uh, Mushu, he's Paranormal Encounters. And then John King is Paranormal Truckers. And then uh, I have a fan page. It was created by Bill Stern and Chris Clough. And it's, it's, uh, I think it's PRT fan page or Wolf Turner. I can't always forget the name of it. Um, But they're always making memes and stuff on there. That's a funny page to go to. And uh, we we have fun on there. And then we have Paranormal Prayer Group, which was started by my wife and a friend of ours. And then we have um, just a bunch of other groups. I mean, we're doing a scream with Ryan Tremblay, Coalition of Quad Sciences with uh, with Nick Valente. I'm an admin in multiple, multiple groups. Dogman Wolf Discussion with Phil Stern and, and Della Carter. Um, and so, yeah. And then if, I'm probably forgetting a few. But anyways – Go to the groups, join. You won't be disappointed. There's a lot of, uh, of information there. Now, another thing I wanted to talk about real quick before we jump into these uh, stories tonight that we're going to talk about with my guest, uh, I wanted to, 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 to make everyone aware that those are a lot of people that listen to my show on the podcast, which is the Friday show. And that's fine. I appreciate it. We have thousands and thousands of listeners on on the podcast, and it's on 12 different platforms. Um but you're missing out if you only listen to us on 
you know, one of these uh, like Spotify or, or iTunes, whatever, you're, you, there's a whole lot of other, listen to us, that's fine. But you know, on Tuesdays, it's a YouTube exclusive. It's a live stream I do, Paranormal Roundtable, YouTube channel. And uh, we just, uh, we, we, we're at like, I think 17,300 subscribers, something like that on YouTube. And that is, we do a show on Tuesdays that goes sometimes up to three hours and even over three hours. I think this last week was over three hours. Uh, but uh, that, and that depends on when this show drops. But in, in the week of, today's March 17th when I'm recording this right now, but the week of, uh, of this week, earlier this, the Tuesday of this week, which I think was the 15th. Um, so that, that had, uh, I think it was over three hours and we had, you know, five, 600 people in the chat at, you know, but you can always go back and, and listen. If you can't make it for the live chat, we, we, we do drop them on YouTube and you can go back and listen to them. And I'm telling you this because I tell stories and I get guests on and they talk and my guest tonight, she's been on the live stream once before. And, um, and so, you know, there are, there's information that is put out there and you're missing out. You're only getting, you know, so many hours of, of the podcast. Well, you're, you're getting a, a ton of content on the YouTube, uh, live stream extra for free. Just go on there and watch it on Tuesdays. We usually, uh, start, if you want to be a part of the live chat and all that, we usually start it about, um, between seven thirty and eight. And that's usually when we start the uh, the the show, the Tuesday live stream. And you can be a part of the live chat, and you can make comments, question. It's a Q and A, uh, and you know, ask questions and and speak or not, you know, on there through your messenger on there on the chat. And and I might uh, I might read your uh, your message, and we can communicate. And so that's what we do. And, and we usually have, like I said, a few hundred people in there. And then, you know, we get thousands of views after the show drops. And if you miss it live, you can always go back and listen to it and just listen to it for the content. So with that being said, um, those, that's what's going on with all, with all that. Um, we're going to get to our guest. Do you want to say hi? Hello everyone. B Moss. How are y'all doing? Glad to be on the show with Josh tonight. Yep. And, and this is Bettina Moss folks. Now Bettina, is not just an ordinary guest. Tina has a show and I've been on her show. Um, I believe when was that? When was I on your show in October? Was it that far? Sure. Yeah, I think it was in October. It was a really great show. I think it was me, you and Brian Bowden. And Brian yeah. Bowden. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. <laughs> yeah that are, okay. So, and, and then you came on my show a couple of weeks back and we announced that we were going to do a, a set together. We were going to work together. And yeah. you told your encounter for on the live stream, but we're going to talk, we're going to get started with that tonight, but you're, we're going to get into, we're going to take a deep dive. We're going to delve into the nature of Dogman tonight. That's basically what we're doing. Um, so uh-huh. tonight, do you want to, do you want to uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and about your group and, and, and what you do? And, and cause your group is growing fast. It really is. And, um, you know, it's been growing for a while now. Thanks to, um, like, you know, you helped out a lot and just the show that I did um, with Jeff Nardoni that made a big difference. But you sent a lot of members also over as well. The group started growing really quick. Um, I started doing shows or doing, you know, started my group in December 2020. Um, And I started the group basically because of my own Dogman experience, my own Dogman encounter. I had been listening to um, shows. I've, as you know, you're you've been on um, 
one of his dogman encounters a few times, several times actually. A dozen. And yeah. I was listening to that and Brenton saw one show when he was still living and just a bunch of different cryptid shows over time. And so, um, you know, listening to that, I already believed for several years, all the way back from like the National Enquirer days when they would make fun of Bigfoot encounters and eyewitnesses and stuff back then. But I actually, um, you know, never thought in my mind that I would ever see anything like that. Um, I believed in Dogman, believed in Bigfoot first, and I ended up, because of watching Bigfoot shows, um, that's how I came across um, one day, like watching Bigfoot shows, came across some Dogman encounters, and I kind of actually kind of laughed it off at first, and I was like, now this is just ridiculous. Now they're just claiming anything is real. But until I started listening to a bunch of them, it kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, well, there is something to this. But I still never thought that I would actually have my own encounter. Um, so when I had my first encounter in 2013, after that, I didn't start a group at that time. I can't remember. I just actually started taking pictures after that encounter, going into the woods. And the area where I had my encounter was right behind my parents' house at that time. And I'll get into that here shortly, but um, basically, because of my encounter and multiple sightings after that first encounter, that's what made me decide to start my own group and start um, interviewing eyewitnesses on my show and in my group. And so, based on that, I just learned a lot about dogmen. I've interviewed a lot of eyewitnesses, and I wanted to create a group because I felt like it was important to get it out there. And it was for not just entertainment purposes, but also to inform the public that these things are real and to ask some of the eyewitnesses and group members and just researchers, anybody who was involved in this field to basically get into it with them and basically try to find out as much as we can. Because a lot of the times people aren't putting the common denominators together and you have to take every encounter or every interview and put like different pieces of the pieces of the puzzle together in order to try to make a determination about what are the things or the characteristics that are common in all of these encounters. So based on what I've learned um, from eyewitnesses and from my own experiences, um, it's just made me really more interested in trying to get the word out there about them. So so I created my group, Crypto Normal Encounters with B Moss, and um, while well, I do the shows and it's just something that I've really gotten into. It's become a passion for me. I love doing it and I love reaching out to other podcasters like you, Josh, and several others that I've also reached out to. So it just, it, it's almost, um, fulfilling in a certain way, but it also, when you get into this, it becomes somewhat of an obsession too, because you start to learn that something that you were told all your life monsters don't exist and when you find out that it actually does it kind of changes your whole outlook your whole aspect your whole life changes and it actually changes the way that you do things so that's just the beginning that's a story of how i got into my group and start doing shows about this and you know and you, you we were talking earlier and, and we've we've talked extensively over the years that we've known each other uh, but just recently when we were talking and you, you had said that there was um, a, a lot of weird stories that you had gotten as of late. And we're going to get into a few things. But you had said 
<laughs> and this is something that we had talked about. We're not gonna we're not gonna delve into this, but you didn't realize how much work goes into this, and I, and you didn't realize how much of yourself you have to give to do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and 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 you know, and then some of the people then having to vet people. And trying to get through some of the nonsense, you know, and what we try to do is boil it down to its base form of this is what we, you know, because there's all this, you know, you'll talk to somebody and they'll get distracted and start talking about some other stuff. And you're just, yeah. And and we were taught, we have the same problems. (laughs) We have to keep them on track and be like, look, I'm not trying to be a jerk here, but we really need to get to, to the bottom of this. You know, I, I understand that you like, uh, you, you, you really, New Balance shoes really impress you. That's awesome. I'm glad that you like those, but can we talk about this? You know, <laughs> it's not, not your hiking right. shoes because I've had somebody do that, you know, and they're just like, oh, you know, then I got offended, you know, um, because I said that, yeah, I get it, but I'm not here to talk about the, you know, that let's do this, you know, and so you, you, you've kind of been having to learn, you've been dealing with that, you know, and folks, I'm telling you this because. You don't realize how hard it is working in this field. And for one thing, I'm going to throw this out there. Um, the, it's it's harder for women. I'm just going to be real honest with you. It's a lot. It just seems like it's really a lot harder. And I'm not going to get on a soapbox and be like, ah, you know, women's rights. What I'm saying is that it is harder um, for women. And and as far as I know, I mean, you you're you're one of the only African American females doing this. I mean, that has a show and and that's that's really doing this, and so it's got to be a different dynamic for you. And I don't want to delve like into this whole whatever dissertation. I'm not going to get on, but it, it is challenging. And then there is certain things that are expected of you, and and then you get all kinds of weird people, and and so you're no exception. You've had to deal with that, and you. Yeah. Uh, I bring this up because I, I wanted to say this about your character, you know. As long as I've known you, you've been a peacemaker, you know, a peacekeeper, and you have really rolled with the punches. I have seen you just get gangster slapped by people, you know, just verbally. <laughs> I mean, like really rude. I'm not kidding. Yes. Like just nasty, mean people. And, I, and I've jumped in there and been like, you know what? This is ridiculous, you know, because, you know, me and Marvin Allen had this big feud going that was actually fueled by two other people. And I'm not saying we were innocent because we went at it because me and Marvin, we can get gangster, you know what I mean? But. Yes, <laughs> and you got in there and you now. pulled us apart like two dogs and said, look. Yes, and, I'm like, Josh, this is ridiculous. Y'all need to sit down. Yeah. Like, this is. You, you mediated. Finally, when y'all did talk, I mean, you learned a lot about each other. And it's kind of just interesting. You never know who you're dealing with when you just somebody's backstory or what their what their life story is and how or why they act out or what they're doing. And so, like. You know, a lot of the times in this cryptic community, people don't realize like you got subscribers and you got members of the group. And then I call there's what I call super fans, which are diehard um, supporters of both sides or like sometimes you got neutral people. But when it comes down to it, they don't realize that there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. And when I was just like a regular a listener because i've been a fan of yours and i had my favorite people my favorite shows that i heard on dogman encounters and i've had like you know other shows that i've watched too and so watching that people that are members and subscribers and viewers you most of y'all don't realize that there's that entertainment side you see the side where josh puts on a show or or Vic or marvin or dark waters you see where people put on the shows but you don't see 
the drama that we deal with behind the scenes mm-hmm. when it comes to it. There's a lot of infighting. There's a lot of uh, jealousy, competing, jealousy, and all that kind of stuff that goes on in the cryptic community. And I'm like, you know, there's other women that um, that do this, but they're not. Is somewhat on the level of, um, I guess, for me, what I've seen as far as the women are concerned is more on the side of narrating. Nobody's like getting out there and trying to go out in the field and trying to prove stuff and get evidence and taking pictures and stuff. So it's a lot of stuff that goes into it. But there's, I look at it like there's room for everybody in the field. Everybody, not everybody has the same belief system. Some people have a different belief as far as like what they are. So there's so many different aspects that the viewers don't realize that we go through. Just you see the entertainment side. You don't see the work that goes into it as far as the pre-interviews that you have to do, sitting on the phone with people for hours to get the encounters and try to weed through and filter through it and see if it's worthy of being on the show or if you believe it. Um, You know, that and then scheduling and then you have your regular life like, you know, you're married, Josh. So you got you and Nellie and then y'all going home working and everything else that's going on. So like you guys just only see the side that's put out there for you after like Josh does his editing or Mm -hmm. any of the shows that is done. There's work that goes into this. And then outside of that, of course, like the groups that we have in the groups, there's a lot of stuff that we deal with, too. Um, like trying to run the group and have like your admin moderators, but then you got members and you have to weed through the negative comments. So there's a lot of stuff that y'all just don't see that behind the scenes. So you just have to really appreciate um, Josh or any of the podcasters that are your favorites that you love and understand that a lot of work goes into this just to present these shows for you guys. Absolutely. And, and, uh, you know, and, and the thing is, especially with you being a female, like I said, we're not going to delve into a bunch of weird, but there's a lot of weird people <laughs> that'll come at you sideways. And, it definitely um, is. Yeah. And it I, definitely is. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine having to deal with that. I just I just know that uh, it's unfortunate, too. I think we need more females in the field to do, to, to be, you know, to go out there and make, uh, you know, produce, uh, yeah. you know, content. Yeah. I mean, it just, it needs to happen because, and I've said this before on my shows that, I think women have an intuition about them. And that's not saying men don't have anything to like, but you know, but men would go out and they would, they would fight and hunt and do whatever. And women would have to stay at home and watch the children. And when, when the enemy came or predators came, they had to have a, a sixth sense about them to go, Hey, I need to get into the cellar so we don't get killed. You know? Absolutely. And, and, and I think that there's something that just developed, you know, it just, um, adaptation, you know, that took place in women that men seem to kind of, you know, they kind of miss at times where, you know, I'll, I'll do an interview with someone and they'll be like, well, I saw a shadow come through the wall. No big deal. And the woman's like, yeah, I tried to kill us, you know, <laughs> the, oh, she's overreacting and only grabbed her halfway through and, you know, was pulling her hair out. And then, you know, she got all freaked out because it cut her legs all up. But anyway, you know, and the oh, guy, yeah. the guy will just be like all like lackadaisical about it. And this woman's like, look, it grabbed my kid, you know, and the dude's just oh, like, yeah. well, I don't know what the big deal is, you know. Um, and I think that women kind of see things like differently. And that's why a lot of times, you know, in the, in the Mexican culture, you'll go to a colandera. Uh, it's typically a female. I mean, that they have these abilities. Now there are men like that have it. I was supposedly born with ojo, you know, dotado, the, the, the gift of the eye. And, but 
there are people who are males that do that, medicine men, obviously, but but it just seems like it's an innate thing with females. And anyways, that, that's just something that I've noticed, and I think you have that in abundance. And now we're going to get into your encounter, and, and do you want to start like from the beginning, like where, of course, all stories start from the beginning, but where you began, like, like how did this all start? Like what happened with you that made you go, oh my gosh, this is real. This is not just a comic book. You know what I mean? Like, Okay. So... And my, my, my first initial encounter, like I said before, like I already believed in Dogman, already knew they existed. So, um, so when I first saw a Dogman for the first time, it wasn't like something like, what am I looking at right now? Um, so my first encounter was in 2013, um, during, at that time I was married. In 2013, I know that the month was November and during it was hunting season. So during hunting season, my husband at the time, whenever it was hunting season, like sometimes he'd be gone for like three days or so or be gone. And I'd just be like, OK, we'll just have a good time. And so since I'm, I would be at home by myself, instead of just spending the weekend at the uh, house by myself all weekend, I would go on the weekends, be spend Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and sometimes um, if he was leaving out Thursday night, then I'd leave after I got off from work, come home, pack a bag, and drive from where I live, um, lived at that time, which was about 45 minutes away from where my parents lived at at that time. So I would pack a bag, go down for the weekend, <clears throat> and stay over there with them all weekend just until like Sunday to get ready to come back. Uh, to where I lived at just spend the weekend over there so I wouldn't be at home alone and plus I could spend time with my parents too so on my first encounter um the night that I I drove the 45 minute drive to their house and I pull up alongside the curb um the way that their neighborhood is set up you turn off of a main I don't know say like a main highway turn into their neighborhood and they lived in on the end of the neighborhood that they lived on, it was a cul-de-sac. They lived on a cul-de-sac. So it's like pretty much a dead end. Once you pull into that end, you're just, there's no outlet there unless you turn, make a left once you turn into the neighborhood and turn down further into the other streets, like to kind of go further out into the neighborhood. That's where the other houses were, but they lived in the cul-de-sac. So the way that their driveway was set up, they had a lattice driveway um, or carport. The driveway was at an incline on the side of the house. So they had three vehicles, so there was nowhere for me to park. They had all three of their vehicles in the driveway. And so I would park on the street right right on the road, like next to the house, like right below this tree that I always would park at whenever I would go to visit them. So it's about 8 o'clock at night. It's already dark. Um, and so when I pulled up this night, I had not turned the car off yet. Directly behind their house, there's sometimes there's the um the the crop that's back there. Sometimes it's a cotton field. Sometimes it's rotated out and it's a cornfield. Like right now, it's a cornfield, and other times it's a soybean field. But on this particular night, well, let me just say this because I forgot to add this in. Directly behind their house, also next to that field, there's the woods. It's like 
it's deep woods like directly behind their house. But as a child, I never went. I went into those woods a few times, but not much. It just wasn't that appealing. There was no reason to go back there. And I never really thought or knew anything about Dogman at that time during my childhood. So, but like I said, there's the woods right directly behind their house. There's a trail that's, that leads into the woods. That if you can go into that trail, it leads further back. And I'll get into that um, in just a second. So when I pulled up next to the curb that night and parked under that tree, my car's still on. The headlights are still shining into the woods. And like some women, I don't know if any of y'all out there that are listening are like me. I was kind of digging in my purse and kind of gathering the stuff that was just in the front seat, putting stuff in the purse and, you know, just gathering whatever I could off the front seat before I actually cut the car off and then got out to get my suitcase or any of that stuff. I'm still just wasting time, killing time, getting whatever I needed before I got out of the car. <clears throat> so the car is still on. It's in park. But then I look straight ahead. I don't know why, but I mean, I looked up straight ahead. I mean, I'm already facing that direction anyway. And when I looked into what I was looking at, the headlights that was, you know, basically pointed straight at this dog man that was standing on the trail. Now, at this point in time, I thought my eyes were playing tricks on me. I look, I see something jet black. It's darker than the darkness. Now, granted, um, on that end of the street, there's no um, street lights back there. So if nobody has their porch lights or their flood lights on in the backyard that live on that end of the neighborhood, it's pitch black. So my headlights are shining on something. And in my mind, like I said, I'm always listening to Dogman Encounters. Not, I mean, on any channel, whatever I'm listening to, it could be any Dogman from any show. And I'm listening, and but at the same time, I'm looking straight ahead, and I'm like, I know that's not what I think it is. So to make sure my eyes weren't playing tricks on me, I put on the high beams, and when I turned the high beams on, <clears throat> I saw a jet black dog man standing there. It was not on all fours. It was standing up on two feet. It had its back towards me. When I first saw it, um, before I put the high beams on, its back was towards me, and it was getting ready to head down that path into the woods. Now, I think when I, you know, I didn't hesitate. I put the high beams on right away. So I don't know where this dog man was coming from. It was already standing. It was out in front of the bush. It wasn't hiding behind a bush or trees like a lot of times we see in pictures that we share in the groups or on shows and stuff like that. This thing was right standing out in the open. When I turned my high beams on it, it basically, I guess, in my mind, just from, you know, what I feel what happened was it's almost like the dog man turned around like, okay, you got me right now. I really don't have a choice but to turn around and face whoever just put these bright lights on me. So it turns around. <clears throat> it looks straight in through the windshield and looks straight into my eyes. And I'm going to say, and it probably wasn't as long as it seemed. But I'm, if I had to guess, I would say for eight to ten seconds, this dog man looked in through my windshield. I'm in the driver's seat. It's looking at me. I'm looking at it. And it kept uh, eye contact with me from about eight to ten seconds. It didn't have um, it didn't have the 
amber eyes like most people talk about during their encounters. It had like luminescent blue eyes that were glowing. It was a beautiful blue. Um, I do remember that this dog, man, it didn't have the German Shepherd type head. It had a head more like um, what I would compare to like a Rottweiler or a pit bull, more of a broad type head. I don't remember what the ears looked like. I was more mesmerized by its eyes because, for one, I was shocked that it had blue eyes because in most encounters, I'd heard they had amber eyes. So I'm looking at it, it's looking at me, and I guess I'm going to finish giving the description, and then I'll kind of explain my feelings and what thoughts were running through my head at the time in a second. But So as I'm looking at it, it's looking at me. I'm kind of taking in a lot of its features. If I had to guess, I would say that it was about eight and a half to nine feet tall. I'm not good at gauging, but I know that my tallest cousin or family member that I have, he's about six four. This thing was way taller than him. It had a very muscular upper body. When I say muscular, this was not one that I used to hear sometimes when people say, well, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't skinny. It wasn't emaciated. It had the upper body of a bodybuilder. It had the muscles. You could see almost like a six pack on it. It had a tapered waist and it had the hawk style legs. I can't remember anything about the feet because I was so mesmerized by its eyes that I cannot remember anything about its feet. And I don't remember when its back was turned to me, if I saw a tail or not. I don't think I saw a tail, but I just wasn't even thinking about that. I was more shocked at, is this really what I think it is right now? So, basically, at this time, Josh, while it's looking at me, there's thoughts running through my head. And like I say, it's been, this is in 2013, so that's nine years ago now. So, I don't remember at the time if I, the, what was coming in my mind. I don't know if I said it out loud in the car or if I just thought it in my head. And this goes into mind speak now. And I'm going to say I'm not one of the people that say they speak to me all the time because that one time and one time only can I actually say maybe what happened was mind speak. It never happened again. But the thought or verbally, I can't remember now, it went through my head is like, oh, my God, please don't let that thing walk over here. Because sometimes. Um, with, you know, a lot of the cars today, they have automatic locks on the door. Usually like when you bag up or you drive off the doors automatically lock on their own. But I know that there was times when I would pull up my, in my driveway at home after work and my husband would come out to the car and he would pull on the doorknob and the door would open. And I'm like, how did you open that door? It's supposed to be locked. So in that moment, I'm like, please, God, don't let that thing walk over here because this, just my luck, this will be one of those times that the door didn't lock. So as I'm thinking this in my head, please don't let that thing walk over here. It's almost like, it's almost like it said, I heard this thought that came to me. It's almost said this is telepathic speaking. Oh, it's just you. No big deal. It's like it answered my thought. Or like I said, I don't remember right now if I thought that out loud or if I said that out loud. That's what was in my mind either way. Oh, it's just you. No big deal. I didn't get a feeling at that moment like a feeling of evil or threatening or like it was going to kill me. It didn't snarl at me. It just 
looked at me and I think that if I had not put the high beams on it, it probably would have just remained still and pretended that it wasn't there. But I'm glad that I did put the high beams on it. And I'm glad that I did look up ahead before I got out of the car because normally um, I would have just gotten out like any other night, not thinking about dog man or anything like that. I would just got out, walked around slowly, got my suitcase out of the back seat and rolled it up the hill. But this night, I guess God was on my side because I would have got out. And that thing, just the distance away from where I was, and I've shared this um, in my group before, the pictures, the before and after shots to just show people where the dog man was in proximity to where I was parked that, that night. So when it said, oh, it's just you, no big deal, it then casually... Once it realized it was just me, it turned its back. It didn't go on down on all fours. It didn't run off. It casually turned its back and continued heading on down that path into the woods, which I think was its destination where it was already headed back that way when I rolled up on it. I don't think it expected, since that was a cul-de-sac on the end of the neighborhood that they lived in, I think that that dog man was used to, on that end of the neighborhood where they live, most of the people who lived on that end of the neighborhood were probably in their fifties or sixties. And I think it knew people's routine and it knew, knew that most of the people on that end were in for the night. So they, I feel like it probably was just like, well, okay, they're in for the night. And anybody else who would have been pulling into the neighborhood, even if the headlights had hit it, it wouldn't have hit it long enough. And they were not going to be looking straight ahead because they're coming in and turning left to go down to the other houses. So it wasn't worried about being seen. I think the only reason why it had that interaction with me like that was because I spotlighted it. You know, I spotlighted it. And so it really was like, okay, well, you got me now. But once it said, it's just you, no big deal, it casually turned around and strolled on down the path. And I just sat there for a few minutes before I did anything else because I had to like wrap my brain around the fact. Like, I can't believe I just saw that. Like, I knew that they existed, but I couldn't believe that in this small little town in Alabama that I'm actually looking at this right now. Like, this is real. As they say, crap just got real. It just got real at that moment. Like, all these years, all this time, like, you come over here at night or you just sat outside several years or just come outside to smoke at night without a care in the world, not worried about anything. And now your life just changed forever. You can't just go out there now and just think you're just going to go out or you can't take your dog out in the backyard and let it run around at night now with no worries about anything. It's a whole different ball game now. So after it walked off into the woods, at that point, I didn't get out like I normally do. I called inside the house. Um, my nephew ended up being the one to answer the phone. And I just said, Keyshawn, can you come outside? I, it, it wasn't. So if anybody's listening and y'all thinking, well, why would you have your nephew to come outside? It wasn't that. It's just now I have a key to my parents' house. But this might be one of those times they've locked the screen door. Because sometimes they would. The storm door, whatever you want to call it. I didn't want to take that chance to get up there. I'm not supposed to stand there and ring the doorbell. Sometimes they would take forever coming to the door. And I wasn't going to take that chance. So I called and I said, can y'all unlock the door? And I said, please, can you walk to the car and like 
escort me inside because I can't believe what I just saw. Please come out here. Like, I was literally crying at this point. I never felt threatened by it, but I was crying because I was shocked. And so I got in the house, and that was that first encounter. Um, That was 2013, November 2013. And after that day, or after that night, that's what made me start taking pictures of the woods behind that house. Because at that point, I felt like, well, where there's one, there's more. That's not just the only one back there. And then when you have a lot of people, um, researchers or cryptozoologists and just average people who have a lot of this activity on their property, a lot of people are taking pictures and stuff and sometimes not knowing or seeing stuff in the pictures after the fact. But for the fact that that one said, oh, it's just you, no big deal. Well, that means that you've been watching me for years. You know who I am. I grew up in that house. My parents moved into that house in the 80s. I think it was like 85 when they moved in there. So I had been there. I played in that backyard all those years. I've been back there in the woods a few times during the years. And so I just feel basically like it knew who I was. It felt like I wasn't a threat. It wasn't worried about the fact that I saw it. It's almost like, oh, you see me? Okay, well, whatever. So after that, I started taking pictures on a regular basis of them from that point all the way up until 2020. And I, 2020, yeah. 2019, my parents moved out of that house and they moved to another neighborhood. Now, all the years that we lived there, they never saw anything. I told them about it. I told them what dogmen were. They still to this day, they come crazy. They don't believe it. They have rationalized it however they need to rationalize it. And even one time they just, I even showed them a picture of one. And Josh, I've shown you the one I called the um, German Shepherd or Anubis Dog Man picture before. And they came up with the stupidest, <laughs> the stupidest <laughs> excuse for that. And I showed them, I mean, it's standing up like on two feet. It's standing upright. They actually said, well, well, maybe, and this is ridiculous, it's hilarious thinking about it. My mom was like, well, maybe it was just one coyote and it was standing on another one's back and th- that's not a no dog, man. I don't. That's not real. So <laughs> I just bust out laughing in their face. I said, really? Really, mom? Two dog, man? Like, I mean, two coyotes? Like, st- all the years that we lived at that house, and I know that there's coyotes and stuff here in Alabama, I know there's heavily wooded areas, but all the years I lived there, we have never seen a coyote except for my dad seen one i asked him one day have you ever seen any coyotes or anything like back there in those woods and he said well yeah not too at that point in time i guess this might have been a couple of years ago and i asked him he said well yeah well, it was one time i seen two uh, big coyotes back there running around and i said well prior to that all these years you've been here since the 80s prior to you seeing those two uh coyotes back there running around Prior to that, had you ever seen coyotes back there before? He's like, no. And I I theorized, and I might be wrong, it might have been two coyotes, but he never seen them since the 80s all the way up until like 2017, 2018, or whatever point this was. I can't remember the year now when I asked him that. But you never seen it before, but you saw two big coyotes. And in his mind, they're not believing in dog man anyway, so in my mind, it may have been two dog men. Maybe two juveniles, and he thought, of, I don't know. But what what he I saw, you mean? Exactly, what yeah. he saw. I just think that's what made me start taking pictures back there, though. And um, 
I did go back into those woods probably a year or two later. After that, I took like four or five people back there with me. Um, at that point in time, I just went back, started taking random pictures and shots of, you know, areas where I thought that they might could be. I did know that there was also a paranormal aspect to dogmen as well, because I'm just open to different theories and different beliefs. There's um, times when I've heard people on different shows talk about the fact how sometimes they can cloak or be completely invisible or disappear or just different things and sometimes how they can just camouflage themselves and blend in with their surroundings so well that it can be standing right before you or in a tree or something like that and you never ever see it so a, a lot of the time so that's how i started catching them and there's certain areas if you think about it like a lot of you who may or may not have them on your property you all you have to do is look a majority of the time the darkest areas in the trees that just don't make sense and I'm not saying this is always the case, but you got the green leaves, the you know, know what the foliage looks like in that land or around you, the surroundings and stuff like that. When something is off, something's just not right. If it's heavily covered, think about an area where if you were a dog man or if you were like some animal, perfect cover, perfect area to hide where you pretty much can hide and not be seen. And these things, their coat, their fur is... um pretty much such that they can blend in with the foliage to the point where you don't see them there a lot of times. So it's, um, that's what made me start taking pictures. And I captured several of them on camera and a few on video um, a couple of times throughout the years. So it's, it's just so many different aspects. And then a lot of the times too, a lot of people, and I don't know what you think about this, Josh, but a lot of times you'll see where they are, um, where you might not see it with your natural eye or sometimes you might, but where they'll be cloaked. And I like to call that the predator effect, which is kind of like the movie, the predator. If y'all seen that and you know what I'm talking about, but what do you think that that is Josh? Or have you heard a lot of people tell you encounters about that? Yeah, I have actually that, that we did one called the shimmering phantom, I think is what it was called. And, and um, because we didn't want to call it the glimmer man, because there's a show, you know, the Glimmer Man, and so yeah. a movie or whatever, <laughs> and so we were like, "Well, I'm not going to call it the Glimmer Man," and so, and, but that's what people were calling it, um, and and it, it is a cloaking thing. And I did talk to some different people who've had these uh, encounters, um, Palmetto State Park, right here, you know, not far from here, and then another one not too long ago at McKinney Falls, right outside of Austin. It's the east side of Austin. Um, there's like a really nice, uh, like area with little waterfalls. It's like a state park. And, uh, I got a story, um, out of there, you know, about, about those. And, and that one's interesting. And, and now it's interesting that you brought that up because I'll actually tell that one a little bit later that I believe was a dog man. The one in Palmetto state park, I think was Bigfoot. Um, then I had one that was near temple outside of temple, Texas. A guy was up there hog hunting, uh, something cr crawled up in the stand with him, and basically it was like that. It looked like um, a blurry man. I mean, and then I've had people really? tell me that they've tried to, yeah, oh yeah, and they've tried to take pictures of them, and that they turn out brown. Uh, I was on a job site with a friend of mine, and um, he actually worked. He's still technically on a roster. He doesn't. He works every once in a while, but but he he was on a job site, and he saw something that was like blurry, kind of shimmering. 
at night and he was like, what is that? You know? So he goes over there and he tries to, uh, get a better vantage, get a better look at it. And he just sees like this blurriness. He's, and he described it as like, you know how, when you see, uh, uh, like a mirage. Yeah. Like a mirage. But the way he described it was like heat, like, like, you know, and like he said, it was like, we see heat and it couldn't have been because it was early. Uh, it was last year and it was early spring. And he said that he went out and he's working for, he works, uh, at another company. But sometimes he'll he'll you know he'll moonlight and he'll help us out you know and so he said he walked over there to look at it and he said it was like blurry and and then when he's like I'm gonna take a picture when he takes a picture and all he sees is these squiggly lines with this brownish you know looking thing he doesn't know what that is well years later me and my buddy Bones uh, and, and he's a friend of mine's his nickname but he worked for us too but we were we were working at a job site years ago uh, way down South Austin 2006. And I and I wish so much that I could that I could have recovered this email because it had all of these pictures. I had taken pictures of orbs, and I had a picture I took of an orb, and it had these two weird little faces that looked like goblins looking into my truck, and it scared me so bad I actually left the site that night. And uh, so my my friend went back up there with me, and he was walking around the corner, and I was uh, on on the other side of the club clubhouse talking to the superintendent. And uh, was telling him that that uh, you know that there was something that had that had happened. I don't remember you know, when, you know. And, and so anyway, that when I started walking around with my friend, I found one of the gates open or whatever. And so I was calling and talking to him real quick about it. And it was wasn't that late at night. And he came around the corner, and I just hear him go, "Ugh!" And then when when I came around the corner, he came running back around, and he showed me a picture that he had taken on his phone. And it was like, he said it was like this blurry looking thing that was like hovering about a foot off the ground. And it was about eight feet tall, eight feet long. He described it. He took a picture of it and it was brown. It was like a beige color. And in the middle, I kid you not, Bettina, there was like an eye. There was just a black spot in the middle and it was shaped like an eye. And I looked at it and I looked at it and it kind of looks like the knot on a tree you know, like a knot. But then I turned it sideways and I go, oh, we both gasped. It looked like an eye. And of course, this was 2006 and our phones weren't the best, but you could clearly see. And he was like, there's no way that taking a picture in the darkness should have, you know, produced that. But since it was like close to the ground, do you think that was pretty much a dog man cloaked or in that predator farm? You know, I didn't see it. I I didn't see it. And it was tall, elongated. It could have been anything. I mean, you know, we, we don't know what it was. I just know that in the, in that on that job site, um, that particular job site, I had two watches that went dead, and I could never get them to work again. I had a Nintendo, uh, one of those Game Boy Advances, and the battery went out on it, and it was no, and that was an, it was fairly, uh, it wasn't a very old uh, machine. And then I went through an interstate battery, and then I had to go and get another one after I had just replaced, you know. My battery had died in my truck, and it kept going out. So I said, I guess I need a new battery. Well, I had only had that truck for for a couple of years at that time, and that battery was not – it wasn't time to change that battery, but it was gone. It was shot. So uh, my mechanic put another battery in there, and it was an interstate battery, very expensive, and it went dead in a week. And then he goes, huh, I've never seen this happen. He goes, I guess maybe maybe this battery was bad. you know. So he gave me another one, and that one went dead a couple of times, and then the job ended 
mercifully. And, you know, but I had all these weird things happen with the electrical stuff in my truck and it did something. It messed my truck up because uh, after that I had all kinds of electrical issues with it because the lights would come on and off in the truck and then they would, it would just, it was, it was a mess. It was a mess. And other than that, the truck was a decent truck, but that was a big problem. And so I, I just, eventually I, I traded, I sold it and, and got another one and, but it was like, and that truck had no problems, but I think that something happened at that job site and, and I can't tell you it was Dogman or Bigfoot, but there was definitely something blurry there. Well, what I wanted to say to you about that is like a lot of, you know, just to speak on that, you were talking about how the battery died and it, it, it makes me think like a lot of the times when it comes to these pictures and stuff like that, um, when it comes to Dogman and Bigfoot, people wonder why the pictures show up blurry and this is something that I often have to address and do address often in the group and on the shows because, you know, for the more members that end up joining or more people that come in, just because your previous members, the one that's been there for a while, have heard this before, you kind of have to keep reiterating to it and help them to understand that nobody's out there trying to take blurry pictures. What we see sometimes with our eyes is not just coming up. Um, it You can see it a certain type of way with your eyes. You can see it straight on. Take a picture of it and it comes out completely different. I think that, and I'm bringing this up because you were saying like how the battery would die. I think that with Dogman and Bigfoot, I think, and even other paranormal stuff, there's a lot of uh, activity where you get like uh, paranormal researchers and investigators. They go out and they've got their cameras fully charged. Their equipment is fully charged and they get out there and it goes down completely dead or to nothing and they change the battery. And then when they change the battery, the same thing happens with that one. Or sometimes they record and absolutely nothing shows up on camera at all. Same thing sometimes with these dogmen and Bigfoot. You take pictures of them and you will get what sometimes will be the blurry, pixelated, grainy, extra zoomed in type look when you take pictures of them. Or it looks like um, sometimes like somebody's been moving or waving their hand and that's not the case. And then you have times where another form of cloaking that I've seen with these creatures is I'm going to call it the mist or a fog. And I don't know if you've seen that before, Josh, or if you know what I'm talking oh, about yeah. with that. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you'll see that it's like a mist or fog. And then it's not, I've seen that with my own eyes and looked and said, you know what, I'm going to take a picture. And it's on a, in front of a bush. And it's like, okay, there's no reason for that to be there. It's not cold. I mean, it's just, there's something cloaking there. I'm going to take a picture of it. And I've actually got a picture of something, which would be like a mist or fog. And it's cloaked in there. But you can still see the snout and you can still see the eyes and it's looking at me. So all I'm saying about that is just that there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of people who, when it comes to the groups and stuff, the ones who feel like, well, no, it's only flesh and blood. I'm not here to try to uh, force my belief on anybody like everybody's experience is their experience. Um, I do understand that the flesh and blood side, that belief only comes from the fact that they do eat, they do hunt, they do have young, and all of that kind of stuff, and they can be killed. So I understand that. But people also have to understand that at the same time, they can also be supernatural as well. You got the Nephilim theory with these creatures, and when it comes to the Nephilim theory, then people are like, well, it can't be Nephilim. Or... So you got people who believe that they're only supernatural too. 
my personal opinion from what I've seen, I think that there's either more than one type where there's only flesh and blood ones. That's one theory. Or there's only paranormal ones. Or um, what do you call like <clears throat> interdimensional or supernatural or mm-hmm. flesh and blood and paranormal at the same time. Well, because when you when you see them and then they can disappear or you see half the body and then you're looking and like, okay, there's the head and there's the shoulders and the upper body. But where's the legs? Where's the rest of the body that you should be able to see? So what do you think about that, Josh? Yeah. And, the, and see, here's the thing. If you if you just looking at like, okay, there's different theories. And if you're just looking at it from the phys- – it's a physical creature. It's a physical creature. I've had people tell me, well – According to your own story, you know, of what happened to you and your friend, it's a physical thing. But that was a, there was a, a very pertinent piece of information that I did not know that my friend's brother it added, you know, back in 2019. He told me that he saw vapor coming off its back um, because he had a different vantage point from where I was. And uh, that that changed it a lot in my mind, and 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 my friend's mother always believed that, it, and I think she might have seen that too. Before she died, she'd always said that she thought it was a spiritual thing, like a demon. And I know a lot of people just say, "Oh, demon this, demon that," you know. And I've made jokes about that. I mean, everything's a demon, and if you're Muslim, then everything is a jinn, and if you know, and everything is a demon, and you know, here a demon, there a demon, everywhere a demon, demon, you know. And these people just, I mean, and they run it into the ground, and then you're going like, "Well, what is what constitutes a demon?" I mean, you know, like like what what are we dealing with here? But the, 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 there's like these people that say, "Oh, they're just trying to trick us by appearing like that." And I'm thinking, why would it, you know, why would it do that? I mean, it just doesn't, it doesn't, there's a lot of things that don't add up. And and I get uh, encounters, stories from people that are 100%, this is flesh and blood. It happened, it was flesh and blood. And I've had people telling me while they're telling me this, no, it's flesh and blood. And like, you know, they're making sure that I believe it. And I said, okay, um, it doesn't really matter if it appears to be flesh and blood. You know, there's another theory that, in, that Linda Godfrey, a good dear friend of mine, she poses theory to me one day and she said, you know, what if they're, you know, they come from another, they're interdimensional, right? And they come here and the, the longer that they're here, they become more, more three-dimensional like our, from our world or third density, three-dimensional, whatever you want to call it. Oh, yeah. And then what if now here's another thing. What if there was a group of them? And I believe this is something that Jody, uh, a mutual friend of ours, me and you, Jody Cook. Yes. He had mentioned uh-huh. something one time in passing to me, and 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 I thought it was interesting. One of our conversations, he said, um, that he th- what if they what if they come from somewhere else, and then they just th- there's a group of them that just ended up staying here, and so though that would account for the flesh and blood, you know what I mean? And then there's all these different theories, and then Bart Nunley, he's another good friend of mine, has been on my show. We've done work together extensively. He believes that they're that even though the ones that he saw were were physical, you know these these Bigfoot looking. One of them was like almost like a hybrid Bigfoot dogman, terrifying looking creature that he described to me. Um, could do all these physical things, tear things completely apart. And he still believes that they had a spiritual aspect to them. Lon Strickler, that's another friend of ours. You know, he talks about seeing this shrouded mist. You know, these things that are shrouded in this mist. You know, and. And, and, and the, I mean, it just, the list goes on and on and on. You can get everybody involved in the community and then give their opinion. Uh, Ken Gerhardt, he has his own theory. Like he believes that they're metaphysical, whereas he believes that Bigfoot is physical. 
Um, and that's kind of where I believe Lyle Blackburn, another friend of ours, he says that too. Um, David Weatherly has also said, he's told me that he believes that they are uh, a metaphysical thing. Nick Redfern. I mean, there's, there's a whole lot of people who've been doing this for a long, long time who are really in the camp of they're, they're a metaphysical type being it's the, 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 the people who are hanging on to the flesh and blood, it's getting they're getting to be less and less of them because and it and it only makes sense because so many of these encounters come with baggage and what I mean by that is one of the stories I told on um, and I covered this on 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 der uh, and I don't remember which episode it was but and I've talked about it I think I've referenced it on my show um, and it was a case where these people were living out in the country. Um, you know, and, and, and they, in her in central Texas, the, this woman came to me and she was like, well, her is actually, I met them through, I knew who they were, but they weren't like, we weren't friends. It's like we grew up in the same area, but we didn't really know each other that well, but you knew who they were. Um, so I was introduced to them and they said, Hey, you know, we know a guy might be able to help you. Well, I don't know how much help I was, but I did get their story. And she said it helped her by being able to tell the story. But her husband was real adamant that nothing was happening. The house was haunted. And I'm not talking about like, oh, I might see a ghost here and there. No, no. In the middle of the night, uh, they were having like lights coming off and on. And, and they, they're, they had these lights from the outside. They were constantly blinking back and forth, blinking back and forth, like something was moving around. They didn't see it, you know, the in these uh, security lights, you know. And then, and, and it just got worse and worse. Like the, the laundry, the washer and dryer came flying off of the wall. And, and, you know, and then they had this blender, this, this one of those ninjas, and it just went off and started going crazy and, and flipped out. Toaster going back and forth. I mean, this was almost, you know, uh, like poltergeist stuff. Now, there wasn't like a whole lot of stuff getting thrown, anything like that, but stuff was was going nuts you know her sister came over one day and there was a butter knife that was just it just while they were eating dinner it started spinning in a circle and then it just like she stopped it because they're engrossed in this conversation and then she looks down and goes what the heck was that and then it begins just to spin counterclockwise the other way and she they're just like whoa and then it stopped you know um, and there was a level of intelligence to it because, you know, the, the, the girl was about to, the mom of, of this, this, the, of the house, she was about to uh, take a picture or try to video it and it stopped. Um, and so she didn't get a video of it. But then her little boy came to her and said, mommy, there's a big doggy. He's coming to my window at night and he's talking to me. And she started, he started drawing these pictures. These pictures were of this werewolf looking creature and it, terrified her she's like look at these pictures these are ter- these is terrifying horrific picture you know um and she's like that, that's horrible it's like this this uh werewolf looking dude you know and so the kid was not afraid of it i mean her son was not it wasn't what you know but it kept telling him hey come outside and play and he said that she goes does it talk to you does it move its mouth. And she was, he was like, no, he just talks to me. He doesn't move his mouth when he talks and I hear him in my head. So that's that telepathic yeah. speaking. That yeah. Speaking. And, and, and now, now tell me this, Bettina, what are the odds that this house is going to have all this pretty much poltergeist activity going on? And then dog man just randomly shows up if he's flesh and blood. No. Yeah. It you're absolutely right. Doesn't now, when make I interview- sense. You know, 
Well, when I interviewed Scott Carpenter, he brought that up. He said that a lot of people don't realize that a lot of the times and when the, some people who have um, dog man encrypted activity on their property, they also have poltergeist type activity going on in their house, too. Mm-hmm. He mentioned that. And I actually think I don't. I remember Greg Yost had told me also, I had interviewed Greg Yost and he had mentioned that now on, I guess, another supernatural type level, he mentioned that they, the Sasquatch have come into his house in spirit form, I guess like an invisible spirit form. And he was talking about how they come in. So yeah, I completely um, think that there's something else to it. And it, and it almost makes you question sometimes if, there are like, you know, we're Christian, so we believe in that demons exist too. Are there times that demons, knowing that we are people who are um, researching this stuff, do they sometimes show themselves to us as Bigfoot or Dogman in some cases? And so those are the ones that are the more supernatural ones that are able to do this other stuff. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. With that? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a case that my my late co-host uh, Armando Salzer he passed away unfortunately um, from COVID last year, last summer. Um, yeah, I'm sorry to hear. Yeah, and and, and he he had, t- had covered a case uh, of a guy who had gotten attacked in his house, and this is one that he researched and he went and did the footwork on it and everything. It happened down near Houston. And this guy had uh, angered a Bigfoot in some form. I don't remember exactly what he did. He sprayed it with water. He did something to it. Went into his house, and it literally, um, they don't know how it got in because there was no signs of, like, forced entry. And this thing just appeared in his house and, and assaulted him. And, like, I think bit his fingers off. Um, oh my God! Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, and 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 all I remember about the case was that it was something Armando had looked into that he was covering and he was doing it, you know. And then, of course, he had to step away from the show. Trolls were just getting to the point where he just didn't want to deal with it anymore. And it, there there were some people and 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 that we just had to deal with. And then he had other other obligations, and it was just getting to be too much, and he just couldn't keep up with it. And so he stepped away. Uh, <clears throat> you know, the, after the first year, he he was with me the first year, and then we stayed friends, and then he ended up passing away last year. But that was a case where I wish I could go back and talk to him and 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 get more information about it because we had talked about it. We were going to try to talk to the guy, and then it just it never worked out to where we could all talk to him. And I just remember that that was the story that this had happened to this guy. And then, of course, the thing leaves his house, like breaks out. But there's no way that, it, you know, there was no signs of forced entry. Now, there was another case that I covered with, uh, <clears throat> you know, who I'm talking about, the host of DER. Yes. And it was in San Diego. And me and him talked about it on the show. And there was a, a case where um, this woman got attacked by this werewolf creature that she described as a werewolf. The police, you know, did an investigation. There was signs of forced uh, exit, no forced entry. And that happens over and over again. And and so I, and I'll go, I'll take it to another. There's another, here's another one in the Hernandez Ranch. Jojo is what, that, that this is what they call him. And was, you know, he was one of the brothers that, that this happened to. He was working on, on the cabinets in a house and it was, he was doing a friend job. And that those people live way out in the middle of nowhere. 
and and so out in the out in the woods, and he was in there working, and I I, I covered this one dr, and and of course, I've since then done the return to Hernandez Ranch, and and he was the was the spotlight of that particular episode, and so what ended up happening was this thing broke in through the garage. He managed to go out, and while it was in the house stalking him, he closed the garage door. It came back out into the garage, and he saw it looking at him from the garage, the glass. Now, think about it. If it was a spiritual being, it would have just been it would, it wouldn't have been able to just pass through the glass. But you're going like, okay, a bunch of stuff happened to him beyond that that I was not able to talk about on that show because it didn't fit the narrative. And then of course, when I was able to go back and talk and, 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 and fill in some of the blanks and talk about some of his more current encounters, um, I think it was about a year ago when I did that other return, whatever episode, we, we, we do cover some of the, the, the more supernatural aspects of it because there were some really weird supernatural aspects that went on. Um, but why do they do the things they do? Like sometimes they just seem like they're completely physical and they, they can be trapped behind doors or they can try to fit through a doggy door. Uh, you know what I mean? Like what, um, what's going on here? And then other times these same beings that appear to be the same being are completely spiritual. And I think that Linda has, Linda Godfrey has a very good theory that these things may actually, the longer that they're here, the more that they become like us. They 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 lose their ability of, of, of the spirit, and then they have to go back maybe where they came from. And then I don't know how that works exactly. I can't, I can't put my finger on that. But I do believe that it, that theory has merit. I mean, I do believe that there is something to that. So with that case, like how did they – what ended up happening with that? Did the guy end up getting away from from that creature? Did they stop that working at that job site? Wasn't that on a job site? Yeah, it was a job site. It, it was it was a, it was a house that he was doing uh, for some people. Um, he, and here's the thing: those people that he did that. Now I actually talked to the uh, it was not the guy that owns the house, but it was his brother-in-law who finished working on the job, and nothing happened. He said he was unnerved, you know, to work there at night or because a couple nights he had to be there, but he had two or three guys with him and he would have never done what Jojo did and stay there, you know, by himself. But he said that there was huge scratch marks on the walls and there was all this damage and stuff that had been done. Um, and no, he did no. say, you know, he had to go back and finish the job. And and at first they thought, man, this guy just flipped out and lost his mind and just, um, you know, he just tore the house up or did, you know, did it himself. And then, you know, and, and even knocked paint cans and stuff over. Cause it was a remodel job, you know? And he was like, why would I do that? Why would I just flip out? And then, you know, just, just to, just to do it, you know? And then of course, you know, he ended up getting away, he drove away from the, and he got out to his vehicle and got out of there. Um, but you know, when you, when you look at that case, that would scream just completely physical animal or creature, whatever you want to call it. But I still don't think that's what it was because later on they they witnessed the same looking creature um, doing things like you know appearing and disappearing and um, one of the stories that I got, I've gotten recently just recently like this one is just a little teaser here you know because I don't know when I'm going to go back and tell this one but this thing was sitting up in a tree and it was like literally like it was just sitting there relaxing up in a tree and it looked just like that one that he had seen. 
and he goes outside and he sees it in this is like not in a out in the country in a heavily wooded area no this is like in a suburb of Austin and he's he lives kind of on the edge of the town in that little sub little suburb town and and he just goes out there and he's him and his his daughter was like she's like she sees this thing in the tree and it's literally just like swinging his leg and then he turns and they both look and they're like whoa what the heck was that cuz she's like dad you know do you see this when he looks it's gone like it was there and then it was gone okay folks so that's going to do it for tonight we'll be back next week on friday with Bettina Moss talking more about Dogman, Bigfoot, and all sorts of things. Also, don't forget, Tuesday we do a live stream. It goes uh, from about 7.30 to 8 o'clock. That's the start time. And then it goes for usually about two and a half to four hours. And there's a ton of content on there. It's a YouTube exclusive. We only do it on YouTube. So if you're interested in more content and more stories and guests, then tune in to the live stream on YouTube. Thank you very much, folks, for listening. Good night.